Hello and welcome to Inside Intercom. I'm Liam Garrity. Today, we're looking at some more of Intercom's product principles, which of course means I'm joined by Intercom brand editor, Neve O'Connor. How are you, Neve? I'm good, Liam. I'm delighted to be here. So over the last few months, we've been asking our R&D team to join us on the show to discuss the product principles that shape what and how we build here at Intercom. Who have you brought us today? Well, later on, we're going to hear from Eugenia Ortiz, a product manager here at Intercom, who will be telling us why it's what you ship that matters. But right now, we're going over to Stephen Forbes, a director of product management here. Stephen's going to talk to us about why you should start with the problem to achieve better solutions. The problem we're trying to solve is. That's a common opening statement at Intercom, not just in product reviews, roadmap meetings, or design critiques from product people, but across the company. In our ritual Friday afternoon show and tells, people from across the company demo what they've been working on. That's how they open their presentation. They describe the problem. When anyone new joins Intercom, their onboarding pack contains their first intermission, our name for a problem statement. When you start, you start by focusing on a problem. We obsess over problems for a good reason. Your solution is only as good as your understanding of the problem. Most companies fail. One of the reasons that many fail, particularly in the early stages, is because they didn't offer a compelling solution to a real problem that exists for customers. There are several common patterns among failed solutions. The team didn't have a good understanding of the problem to begin with, team failed to continually update their understanding of the problem and how it mapped to the solution over time, the problem wasn't worth solving. It may have been too niche or not urgent enough to prompt action. All too often, companies jump quickly from the problem to a single solution that they fall in love with. They invest in time, money, and energy into this solution, only to eventually realize that no one actually cares about it. Truly great companies realize that it's easier to make things people want than to make people want things. That's what we try to do at Intercom. We start with an understanding of a real problem that our target customers experience. It sounds so simple, but if focusing on the problem is so critical, why do so few companies do it? People are wired to think in solutions. We've all heard the phrase, don't bring me problems, bring me solutions. Our brains are constantly trying to solve the problems in front of us. But if we fail to spend time breaking down, exploring, and analyzing our customers' problems, our solutions risk missing the mark. Here are some of the reasons problems are overlooked in favor of immediate solutions. First, your product is a system. The larger your product, company, and customer base grows, the more challenging it can become to accurately diagnose ambiguous problems. There are more and more factors at play and the challenge is to create a system view and understand how the system is working or not working together. For instance, if usage is low for a product, why is that? Is it a user experience or education problem, a missing feature, or something else? Second, problem definition is hard. People often describe problems they have in the form of solutions they want. Many product teams stop there and build the solution, which usually misses the mark because the actual problem is buried a few layers deeper. Good product teams keep going, keep asking why. This can be emotionally challenging and time-consuming. It requires talking to many customers over and over, digging in with new angles and new lines of questioning. It means getting out of your head and into theirs, getting to the bottom of their actual need, not the first thing they describe. Third, solutions are shiny. What's more exciting, a research report or a new working prototype? 
Most of us love looking at new cool things that sort of work. We don't have time to read reports. Reflecting and gaining deep knowledge is often considered tedious or unimportant. At Intercom, we understand that impact is more important than glamour. We get excited when we see wonderfully written problem statements that we know will be a strong compass for the work that follows. Fourth, visible output and a bias towards progress. Sometimes a team can put in weeks of work and produce an output of a short, simple paragraph articulating a problem to be solved. For anyone that doesn't value this process, it's hard to sell the importance based on the output. Stakeholders who are further from the actual problem will orientate towards tangible progress. They are more likely to be comforted by any solution, regardless of whether it will solve the problem or not. So if that's the problem, what's the solution? Start with the problem appears front and center as one of our core R&D principles, signifying its importance and ensuring we keep it in mind as we work. It's also a trigger. It activates concrete expectations and tools that we can all leverage. Here are some of the ways we prioritize problems at Intercom. We give permission to focus on problems. We value principles over process at Intercom. So regardless of whether we follow agile, lean, or some other product development process, this principle tells us where we should focus. Most companies spend their time designing and building solutions with too little focus on understanding and prioritizing the problems they need to solve. Most companies will spend the majority of their time designing and building the solution, then releasing a beta to their customers. We believe that is a flawed approach, too heavily skewed towards building solutions based on weak problem comprehension. A third of our 100 units are spent before we've even started designing anything. We obsess about problem prioritization and problem definition at this stage and continually redefine our understanding of the problem as we learn more. Spending this time at the start of the process means we know what we need to build and we can deliver it into customers' hands faster. We identify problem definition expectations. All of our principles can vary in scale or effort, and there's no fixed amount of time you should spend defining the problem. You can spend an hour, a day, a week, or 10 weeks running end-to-end through the process to help individuals and teams triage and determine the appropriate effort to invest in a given problem. We use several guidelines. First, it's okay to bounce between problems and solutions. In their book, Bulletproof Problem Solving, Charles Kahn and Robert McLean refer to this as porpoising between the problems and solutions. The idea is that going between the two will sharpen your understanding of each, but the key is to not fall in love with your view of either the problem or the solution. Second, start with the customer's problem, not the business. When you try to account for customer and business needs simultaneously, it can cause confusion. We deliberately start by focusing on the customer's problems before considering the business impact of these problems. If what you're trying to solve is a business problem, be sure to tie back directly to the customer problem. Third, who is having this problem and what's the job to be done? A problem exists where there's a gap between the customer's expectations and their reality. You need to define the expectations and experience you're focused on, as well as the outcomes they are trying to achieve. Fourth, focus on the severity of the problem. How many customers is the problem affecting and how significantly are they affected? Five, follow the impact. At Intercom, we specify success metrics upfront as part of the problem definition process. This lets us know which key customer behavior changes we should be watching out for to confirm that we've solved the problem. Six, be specific. Too often, problem statements are fluffy and high level. It's important to reach a level of specificity in your problem definition 
that's enough to help you figure out the solution. Seven, scope the problem. Problems often have layers, and depending on your customers and product, they can be tentacled. It's important to break down your problem to increase focus on each dimension, but also so you can map it to your solution options and decide which fits best. We use a template as a guide to ensure everyone is following a common format, but this document is often accompanied by a lot of background research that lives elsewhere. The problem definition is the foundation. From there, our principles work together as a system to move us from problem to solution. We update our thinking of the problem as we learn more during the process, and importantly, after we ship. We take a whole team approach to problems. At Intercom, we're all product people with different specialties. The product manager may own the problem definition, but every person has a responsibility to dig in, understand, and hold themselves accountable for actually solving the problems they're facing. This informs the approach to problem definition. It means involving more people in research and sharing interviews and insights to build shared understanding. It can take people time to adapt to this approach and see the value, but it is well worth the effort to speed up the efficiency of the build and the accuracy of the solution. Starting with the problem allows Intercom's engineering team to design more thoughtful, suitable solutions. That was Director of Product Management, Stephen Forbes. Next up, Eugenia Ortiz, one of our product managers, on why it's what you ship that matters. At Intercom, we take pride in what we ship, from the planning stage right through to customer feedback and iteration. When I first started designing digital products, my goal was to get design of the solution to its final destination, the engineering team. I would hand it off to the engineers, and by the time they would start coding, I would have moved on to focus on the next project. I soon realized that I was missing the opportunity to ensure that what I designed was being shipped, and most importantly, whether the solution actually solved our customer's problem. I was missing the chance to answer key questions. Is the solution successfully solving a customer problem? Is it useful? Does it have any impact on the company's business results? As a designer, I needed to take initiative and own what I was shipping, both to ensure the customer got the best solution possible and to continue to learn and improve my design skills. I quickly realized that launching a solution is just the beginning of the journey. Taking ownership of what we ship. At Intercom, when we say what you ship is what matters, we're essentially saying that our deliverable is the end product or feature that our customers use, what gets into their hands. Customers don't pay for design files, they pay for solutions that solve their problems. Designing a solution means not only building out the ideal states of a design, but also anticipating how the product will actually be used in the customer's context. We work closely with product managers to build a common understanding of the problem to be solved. We make scoping calls together and we're heavily involved in the process of shipping solutions. Rather than just passing off our designs to the engineers, we work with the team at every stage of the production process. We collaborate constantly, communicating, gathering their feedback, making trade-offs, reducing ambiguity, and iterating if necessary. 
There are no big handoffs or surprise reveals. We continue to own our solutions after they ship. But shipping is just the beginning. As designers, we also have a share of ownership in what happens after we ship. Does it solve the customer's problem? Are we done however we measure done? If not, what doesn't work? Why is that important? How can we fix it? Shipping is when we start to learn whether we need to improve the solution or do something different. We love seeing customers start user solutions and tell us what's good and what's not. We look at the data, talk to customers, gather feedback and prioritize it. So the cycle of iterating begins. Understanding post-launch problems. Back in 2020, I worked as part of a team building a way to sync company data between Intercom and Salesforce. But after launching the solution, we noticed there was little sync activity. Why was this happening? We wanted to understand the reasons why sync activity was low. Was it the configuration? Was it an issue with the data? Due to the complexity of the problem, there was no single change we could make that would work for all of our customers. We decided to go with a series of small experiments. One of them simply made the sync activity details visible to the customer, empowering them to debug their own setup. A simple design solution that had not been obvious to the team at first. After implementing these experiments, we saw an improvement of 10 to 15 percentage points. We still had more to do, but by owning the problem, we were able to make the solution incrementally better for our customers. As designers, we take ownership of what we ship because we believe that the quality of the solution is the responsibility of everyone who works on it, not just the last team to touch it. We're accountable for it, even while working with others. We sweat the details and fight for quality. And as a team, we take pride in the work that we ship to our customers before and after launching it. That was Eugenia Ortiz. And you can listen to over 10 other product principles we've already covered as explored by the people who live them every day here at Intercom. The links are all in the show description. Well, that's about it for today. Thanks for bringing us those, Neve. Anytime. We'll be back next week for more Inside Intercom. This is Inside Intercom.